so I was able to become partners with Damon John. And um, one of the things that he said the last time we were together was, was I thought really kind of inspiring and cool. He said, look, and he's a very humble guy and a good guy. He said, man, he said, I've only got one hit. I, I sold FUBU. I, I got one hit. He's got all these people are coming to me, asking me for advice and everything, you know, cause I'm on TV and I'm famous and everything, you know, and I did good. I, you know, I was a good businessman and I, I think I'm a good businessman, but, but I've only had one hit. You know, most people only have one. So that's a, that's kind of a cool thing to think about It's like, you only need one. Um, if you can have multiple, that's great. But, um, but most people only have one. How much more successful would you be if you had lunch once a week with insanely successful entrepreneurs who share their biggest secrets on how they think and achieve success? Grab your seat at the table because this is Business Lunch with Roland Frazier and Ryan Dice. Welcome to another episode of Business Lunch. And today's a snackable episode with Roland where he's going to get into some more tactical strategies that you can start using to live a rich and happy life. If this is the first snackable episode you're hearing, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to some of the other episodes that Roland has put out. And if you want to get notified every time we release a new episode, go to the new businesslunchpodcast.com website and we'll send you detailed notes along with every episode. That's businesslunchpodcast.com, www.businesslunchpodcast.com. And you can sign up for the free email newsletter where you'll be able to get all the highlights and resources from the episodes. One of the things I love learning about are what people uh, and, and the story behind what people consider to be transformational moments in in a career, especially a successful career like yourself. Um, you mentioned earlier how you, you were kind of getting started and, and you were you went to traffic and conversion. You 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 were doing some things, and then all of a sudden you were like, "Oh, and I'm business partners with Ryan Dice now." And, and so, but th there were probably moments in that journey that you could identify. It was like, this happened and it changed everything. And it doesn't have to be that storyline, although I'm interested, but maybe yeah, even any other moments like that in your career where it was like this moment, this is where everything changed again. And now I'm up so at this. So many times, so many times. Um, I'll, but since you like that one, I'll tell you that one. So um, I, as I said, I bought that product that was uh, the Mr. X product, uh, something traffic, wholesale wholesale traffic system, WTS, right? So I bought the wholesale traffic system. I think it was two grand. Uh, I was like, these guys are great. I can use this. I started using it for AdWords. It was it worked. It was fantastic. Um, I was like, they're they're the real deal. They had this event called Traffic and Conversion Summit. I went to the first one. Um, I took notes until my hand cramped because they were terrible at doing events and had no breaks and went for like. 12 hours a day. Um, but, uh, I, uh, I, I was like, this, this is amazing. And I'm very big on taking notes. Um, I did, I knew that there was a paid channel of access that they had created to get closer to them through this war room mastermind that they offered. And so, um, I ended up not that time, but the next time joining the war room mastermind, uh, with the specific intention of, I want to get to know these people. And I'll tell you, I go back all the way, if you know who Gary Halbert was, to did the same thing with him, uh, did the same thing with Dan Kennedy. It's like, I'll, how do you, how have you person that I want to get connected with created a channel for me to get to do that without me trying to run, do an end run, without me begging, without me hitting you up at the end of a uh, speech that you did with 40 other people that want your time and you you just want to get out of there. I want to know how do I pay you money 
to through a paid channel of access you've created where you'll have reciprocity going to want to try to connect and talk with me. So with Dice and Belcher, it was War Room. So I joined War Room. It was, a I think, a $20,000 investment at the time. And I didn't go and join thinking, oh, my God, I've got to get my 20000 back. I, I was like, this is the paid channel of access that they created. I want to be business partners with these people. So I went to the first mastermind, and um, I knew in advance that they had this thing called Wicked Smart, where the entire group submits their stuff, not ideas, but things they'd actually done that had uh, huge success. And I was like, I have to win Wicked Smart. That's how I stand out. So I was like, what the crap do I do to win Wicked Smart? I have no idea. Um, and I just ask all of my friends, what are the biggest challenges that you've got in marketing? And um, they included getting ranked, um, figuring out how to get your uh, Facebook friends into an email, how to get the emails so that you could do it. And I think something with LinkedIn. So I was like, okay, I'm going to solve these three problems. And, uh, and I, up until like the night before the first meeting worked on this, so we're talking about like maybe five weeks of man, I got to solve this. And I talked to all the smartest people and I tried and I tried and tried. Uh, oh, it was getting them from Skype. That was it. It was getting all the Skype uh, things that you had, I think. Um, maybe it was, I, maybe Skype was how I did it. But anyway, uh, I figured out how to do it. Uh, I figured out how to do all three of them. And, um, and it was kind of cool. So I went in with not one, but three Wicked Smart submissions for things that the people in the group that I had reached out to and other people told me were their biggest problems. So I'm going in with, I feel like a little bit of an advantage and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta win this. Cause if I win this, they'll want to talk to me. Cause even though I'm in this paid group and there's only 20 some people there, I still got to compete with those 20 people for the attention. And I'm not, you know, a shaken howdy guy. I'm not like, Hey, how you doing? Roland Frazier. Let me tell you, know, I'm much, much more uh, uh, non-direct than that. So we go and do Wicked Smart. I present my three things. Uh, Ryan stands up and says, are you guys getting this? Do you hear what this is? We got to take notes on that after Perry comes over to me and says, hey, man, we're having dinner with just a couple of people. Uh, and I'd like for you to come and I want you to sit next to me. So that was the strategy of how do I intentionally insinuate myself into this? And um, And after that, it was three years of just helping everybody in that group without an expectation of anything in return. I helped people with big problems that they had. And I had good skills from being an accountant and being an attorney and also a marketing person. And I had done infomercials before and stuff like that. So I had my particular set of skills, as Liam Neeson would say, that, uh, that I could bring to the table. And um, when Ryan and Perry had, um, they had a CEO that they had hired that had the ability to get a third of the company roughly. And it didn't work out with that CEO. I kind of helped them transition through that. And when it happened, they were like, you know what? There's, there's a third of the company that's available that we had already kind of written off. Um, and you've been so helpful all along. We'd like for you to come in and be a partner in the business. And so that was how I evolved into that. So it was a you know, a three-year overnight success of becoming partners with them. But but historically, like with Damon John, with William Shatner, with um, all of the people 
you know, that I can think of that I didn't know that I wanted to get to know uh, and do business with and become partners. I just found what's the paid channel for access. And I would pay Gary Halbert. I would pay to do that. And then that would get me connected in a way that I could then show value, not take value, but show value. And then, I mean, really with every relationship like that, that I've ever wanted, I've been able to become partners with that person. That's, that's fantastic. Again, aligns with my personal message and secret to success, which is giving to others from your heart, serving others yeah. first. And then the that's rest the most selfish, them. manipulative thing you can do. Help other people with no expectations. How cool is that? <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Um, any other transformational moment stories that are a must share that pop into your mind? Yeah. I mean, so um, I would say the, like, I won't go all the way back, but a few would be when I was uh, representing Tony Robbins as an attorney, helping with uh, Guthy Rinker infomercial contracts and Simon and Schuster publishing contracts and things like that. Um, I was able to get connected to Bill Guthy and Greg Rinker. And um, that was really my first heavy direct response that I can remember connection because they were doing infomercials. And I was like, infomercials are amazing. I don't know anything about them, but I know I would like to figure out how to do it. I don't have any product for it. I don't know anything about TV, um, but I'm pretty good at business. So what do they need? Um, well, it turns out that what they, I don't know that they needed it, but what they were happy to have was somebody that would raise money because most infomercials aren't successful. You know, maybe one out of 10 for them, maybe one out of five. Um, but so there's a lot of wasted money. And at the time, infomercials were, you know, anywhere from 200,000 to a million dollars to produce. So it was a lot of money that was just kind of nothing happening with. And I was like, well, I'm pretty good at, at putting deals together. Why don't you let me and a couple of people that I know be funding sources? We'll put together syndications, raise money, do packs of five infomercials at a time, since one out of five is generally successful. We'll play those odds. And then the one that's successful will more than pay for the ones that aren't. You guys get to try five things. You run your play, and then we split up the profits. And we, I did, I, th I think we ended up doing 16 together. We did like one test one and then three packs of five and had lots of hits and made lots and lots of money uh, and then spread out to others. That was a big moment for me, uh, seeing that I could take the value of what I had and, um, and take it to somebody that was already wildly successful and have them interested because I had an angle that helped them with a problem that they had. I had a client at the law firm that was doing direct mail and um, I watched how they were doing it. They were doing property tax reassessments in California, all through direct mail, making millions of dollars. And I, I was like, your business is not efficient. You could definitely do about six things better and I bet make a whole lot more money. Uh, Rather than paying me legal fees to do that, why don't we do a deal and we'll split the profits on what we make doing the things that I say will make you more money? So we did that. And after nine months, we split 50-50, a million eight. So I got $900,000 and was sold on direct mail, which I still am to this day. Um, so like, like it was a channel by channel kind of thing, I think that that got me that got me into doing that stuff. But those were those were um 
definitely pivotal moments. I had uh, through a company that I, a manufacturing company that made machines that uh, I got connected with and, and ended up owning part of, I decided that I wanted to get connected to um, to Wall Street. So I went out, reached out to a whole bunch of investment bankers, found one that would listen to me, uh, went to New York, made a deal, brought in a management team to run this company that we had with the idea of doing leverage a leverage buyout with it and uh, and blowing it up into a pretty significant deal. That investment banker took me under his wing, showed me how LBOs worked and uh, and all of the stuff in New York, and that led to a real deep understanding of how to do no money, you know, or other people's money financing transactions. Uh, buying diamonds in New York when I was uh, a diamond buyer, I would go uh, not New York, Israel. I would fly to Israel, go to the diamond bores, have all of the diamond guys line up with their diamonds and sit there and haggle with them and. Uh, and I and that really taught me I a could go international, B I could go direct uh, and cut out the middle people, uh, and also that just like you can you can kind of get into any industry at the deepest level relatively quickly if you are intentional about it and you can bring value. And for those guys, it was like they were they were trying to find people that were wholesalers in the United States, and then they uh, they didn't know who who the people were or who to trust. Now they just come over themselves, but at the time they didn't. And so I could bridge that gap and add tremendous value. And, you know, and that was a, that was a thing. So like, I think about the things that were big levels up in understanding and in money uh, and relationships and network. It, it's consistently, you know, it just, it happens consistently. And, and, and each of those things by taking good care of those people leads to more deals right? That lead to more deals that lead to more deals and that they're bigger and bigger. And so then you go from hundreds of thousands to millions, to tens of millions, to hundreds of millions, you know, and I haven't done a billion dollar deal yet, but I've got two that I'm working on right now. So, you know, ask me maybe 18 months from now. Um, that's, that's really, I think the, you know, the way that it's happened for me. So you've, you've mentioned all these different industries. Do you consider yourself in the or focused on the digital marketing industry now no. or is this just a tool yeah i'm i'm industry agnostic so i own real estate brokerages with a thousand agents i own uh real restaurant franchises with hundreds of franchises uh i own uh real estate i you know it's to me it it doesn't matter it's it's just it's just what's a good company because the business Business is about the same. I don't think that you, what I did find, especially with my New York connection, I don't believe that management is industry agnostic, but I do believe that business is like strategy. That's what I should say. I believe strategy is industry agnostic um, for the most part, or at least 80 to 90%. I don't believe that to be the case with management because I have tried hiring people from other industries to come into places that um that they then failed miserably because they didn't understand the culture or the particularities of the environment that they were in so you mentioned a uh a couple of of big projects that you're working on over the next 18 months what what do you have coming next like where do you see yourself in one year five year ten year what what's the future my um my big 
projects right now are mostly like the the place that I see the most opportunity that I'm not doing just for fun or because I like it, but it's um, but it's to me the biggest opportunities are in uh, in rolling up companies. So we have a a strategy for rolling up companies right now. We've we've aggregated just under a hundred million dollars in profit and EBITDA in the real estate brokerage industry. We're doing the same thing in home services and in um, like uh, Medispas. And um, if I look at the the strategy that we've got is basically stock for stock swaps of people who can't sell the business that they've got. Like in real estate, a real estate brokerage typically sells for about five times profit. In the publicly traded world, the average trading PE ratio is between 35 and 45. So there's a pretty big delta between the 5X that you can get if you're small and the, let's call it average 40X that you can get if you're big. And so we're giving the smaller people the option. And when I say smaller, we're talking one to 5 million in profit. So it's not tiny, but one to 5 million, we're giving those people the chance to not pay all that costs are all the not give it away to the middle people that are just financial engineers. And so we're aggregating those people, letting them come in to a holding company where they exchange ownership in their companies for ownership in the holding company. There's no cash required for us to do that. So we're acquiring those companies. And then we give them 70% of the upside. So they get their 5x as a base, but then they get 70% of the of the 25 or 30x bonus that they get. So they're picking up a pretty significant break on that. But for us, for putting the deal together, we charge 30%. So if I can get 30% of a 30 multiple that's up, right, then I'm getting a nine multiple on all of this profit that we've put together. So look at 100 million in that deal. And let's say that it trades at the at below the 40x that only trades at a 30, it'll trade higher. Uh, then my 100 million at 30x becomes 3 billion, and I get 30% of that, or my group gets 30% of that for doing that. Then we're going to pick up 900 million on that. And, you know, and, you know, I, I'm in for like, say, 20 to 25% in those deals. You know, that's that's significant. I don't have to do very many of those to, uh, to hit you know, the next level that I would like to hit. And, um, and so I'm looking at where's the greatest leverage with the optimal amount of effort that isn't full of friction and that I also enjoy. That's some pretty high level stuff rolling. <laughs> it's fun um, though, right? It sounds amazing. and It does sound like fun. And I love it's, that it, you refer to it as fun. The cool thing that, that maybe for your, for your readers too, is um, so I was able to become partners with Damon John. And, um, one of the things that he said the last time we were together was, was I thought really kind of inspiring and cool. He said, look, and he's a very humble guy and a good guy. He said, man, he said, I've only got one hit. I, I sold FUBU. I, I got one hit. He's got all these people are coming to me, asking me for advice and everything, you know, cause I'm on TV and I'm famous and everything. You know, and I did good. I, you know, I was a good businessman and I, I think I'm a good businessman, but but I've only had one hit. You know, most people only have one. So that's a that's kind of a cool thing to think about. It's like you only need one. Um, if you can have multiple, that's great. 
but um, but most people only have one. And so, you know, putting the time and the effort in to do the things that you're going to be showing them how to do uh, to try to get that one thing that is the is the hit that elevates you and then creates more opportunities is is all you really have to do. You know, if you just put put that that fo focus and time and getting that one hit, um, you don't really need more than that. It's cool if you can have more. You know, it's like you look at Mark Cuban, he had the hit with selling, I think, a domain name and then, you know, a couple of other things. And then he bought the maps for a couple hundred million and now he's selling part of it for, I think, three billion. You know, OK, well, the the more you play, the more you get elevated and the more the money is and everything. But the deals are the same. You know, the the deals are the same. You're, you're just dealing with bigger stuff. Um, the people are smart, but they're not like levels of magnitude, at least that I've met so far, levels of magnitude smarter than what you are doing when you're doing your own deals. So it's just that the numbers are bigger, your connections are better, your network is better, the opportunities are better because you get presented with those. You, you're like, I get to invest in companies that the public can't invest in in uh, in Silicon Valley because I got close to a guy before I even knew who they were, whose brother is Naval Ravikant, who is a big investor up in Silicon Valley and an early person in Twitter and Uber and Bitcoin and all those things. And so when his brother decided to do a fund, I was like, I can help you with that. I had no idea, you know, and he's like, now we have investments in crazy things that, that you can't get into that, uh, that go up insane in value. And the only reason I get that is a, because I was a nice guy to this guy who I met, who looked like a, you know, Indian staff guru guy, uh, when I met him, cause he had this long flowing white hair. I, I remember the first time I met him was in a room and, uh, he was friends with Ryan Dice and he and I ended up becoming really good friends, but I walked in the room and he's like, his back was to me. It's just this like really dark skinned guy with long flowing white hair. And I'm like, all you need is a white robe and a staff and you can summon the orcs, you know, it's uh, and so we're, we, we end up getting to be friends and then it turns out, you know, he's connected that way. And, and I think that's like digitally or physically just continuing to connect most of the big things that happened didn't happen because I was a better digital marketer. It, hand, it happened because I was given connections to network with people who were doing big things that I could partner with. Digital marketing would be a part of that. But they weren't, like, we're not at our dinners saying, so man, what color button should I use on this landing page? And are you guys using ClickFunnels or Kartra? Which one? You know, that's not what we're talking. We're talking about, hey, we were thinking about they're 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 value-based for customer. Hey, man, this is a really cool thing we found a lot of people doing. If you guys come up with anything to to do that, you know, oh, we got this thing, you know, that might go with this other thing. We maybe we could do a deal and work together. And then that becomes the big, big value. And the the weeds of it are handled by the people who are the technicians. So I think that's like one of the things I talk about is you've got um, Gerber talks about, you know, don't work in the business, work on it. Well, the technicians are the people that are working in it, whether the technician is a brilliant software programmer or a floor sweeper, right? The on it are still just the managers, right? The products or services that they're thinking about are the products and widgets that they're doing. But when you work above the business, Above the business is 
when you think of the business itself as the product or service. That's where all the people that I'm talking to are now. And I'm not saying that to say, you know, look at me, I'm up here. I'm saying my observation, success leaves clues. My observation is that the most successful people uh, in terms of finance and network uh, are that way because they are not thinking about how do I sell more of these glasses? They're thinking about how do I build enterprise value in this business that will be a direct result of how do I add compounded value to the audience that I serve and who can I connect with that will help me get those things happening, right? Not what color is the button, not what manager should I hire. It's got to be above the business. That's so valuable. If if every business owner can start to at least balance technician with that, that working yep. above the business on the business like that, the potential that that gives them to rise to that next level, which is what everybody's after, yeah, is enormous. It is so that, that that is really fantastic. Um, and you've already done this, but just to kind of land us back in the reality of small business land, any other suggestions, tips, ideas, closing ideas that you might want to share um, to to wrap us up. So, I mean, I, I would say my biggest insight that I feel I've had in the last couple of years is really uh, about exiting because I got focused on the ability to earn a lifetime of income in a day. You know, so like when you get paid, when you sell your company and you got a 16x on the profit, you just got paid 16 years of profits. If you do that multiple times, if you end up doing it a few times a year, you're making 30, 50. I've started thinking like, like, like how many years of, of income am I making with this deal? How many years of income can I make in every year? Can I make a hundred years? I have. Can I make 200 years? I have, you know, it's like, that's crazy. And then you think about, well, now we compound a hundred years times a hundred years times a hundred years times a hundred years. And you can be thousand, you can be millennia ahead of where you could be if you weren't thinking in those terms. And then the way that what that caused me to think was number one, I don't really want to own any business forever because I can compound unless I'm out of ideas because I can compound kind of infinitely all of these businesses and sell multiple businesses a year. If I could sell one a month, one a week, you know, what about that? Um, and then it made me think about exits in a deeper, in a, in a deeper way. So for everybody, to me, there are five exits that are going on in your business. The first exit is that you're going from the doer to delegator. That's an exiting of the line. When you're on the line doing the thing face-to-face -face in the weeds with the people, that's the first exit you need to make. And you're going from technician to manager. And then the next one is to go from uh, really from delegator to leader. So you're going from a manager to a leader as a CEO, you don't really deal with management so much of the weed-like resources of the company. You are really much more charged with liaising with the board, creating a vision for the company, and then having the right people on the bus to execute the vision that you've got. Then the next exit is exiting from leadership to governance so that you're going out of that CEO position and onto the board 
and you might occupy multiple of these positions. Like when you're when you're first starting as a small business, you kind of have them all, right? Uh, but then you're you're gradually like moving up and up and up, and then from the board you become a investor. You exit the board. You exit the org chart when you exit the CEO position. By the way, which to me, I want to always be off the org chart. But but going from line to manager to CEO to off the org chart on the board, and then you're an investor, and then ultimately you sell the whole thing and you're no longer associated with the company. That's the life cycle that I started thinking about. And so I think like as a small business owner, the first step is for you to exit the line. The next step is exit the management. The next step is exit the org chart. The next step is exit the board. The next step is exit the company. And if you if you can do that, that's gonna that's a really easy life cycle to think about getting to the point of compounding hundreds of years or thousands of years of income. Is that... I don't know if that makes sense in such a little time, but that's that's kind of how I think about it. It totally makes sense. It's something that I've put a lot of both effort and uh, and and thought into because I'm somewhere in the middle of that process, looking for help to figure out how to get into the next phase of that process. Right. And uh, and and I think a lot of businesses are or a lot of businesses should be thinking about that. So it's an Amen. excellent thing thing to share. Yeah. Awesome. Um, appreciate your time so much. Um, uh, is there anything I can do for you? Well, well, first, is is that digital marketing centric enough for you? Did, did Does it give you what you're looking for with kind of your vision of what you want to share with people? I, absolutely. I think there were sections of this conversation that'll fit into potentially different chapters of the book. That okay. said, it, you kind of, I mean, the the chapters are, are obvious chapters, things that within digital marketing that small businesses need to focus on. I am looking for other experts in specific areas, like someone that might be great on SEO, someone that might be great on digital ads, someone that might be great on social media, et cetera. If there was yeah. anybody that you would think of that would be a good person to talk to about. Anything. Are you looking for specific, like as specific as a platform or more, uh, more one broad setup, like, like YouTube or social media? Um, I would say more broad, like social media in general. And tactical, strategic, or informational? The feedback that I've gotten from the majority of people I've talked to are uh, that people are looking for applicable techniques that they can take back to their business to use to apply themselves. Now, will they be able to? Probably not. But that's what that that's how I'm trying to frame this. Yeah, but then, so, of course, there's there's stories and there's there, everything that goes around that. But that's something I'm definitely trying to deliver. So, um, it, like, I think that for. I think that for um, webinars, Jason Fladlin is really a good guy to talk to. He's done some amazing things with uh, with webinars, which I do think are a big thing for people. Um, I think for um, maybe for the digital ads, uh, Brad, um, is it Langham? I just call him Brad. Um, you should talk to Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. B R A D. Brad, yeah, Langan. 
uh, L-A-N-G-A-N would be good. Um, for podcasts, Carson Jones would be really, really good. I, and that's like, I do think podcasts are really important for, uh, challenges as a marketing tool. Pedro Adeo would be good to talk to for speaking. Uh, Pete Vargas would be good to talk to, and I'm happy to connect you to any of those people if, you know, that, that would be helpful. Um, but I think like, those are our specific people. Um, Lauren, Lauren is a good guy to talk to about SEO. Um, Lauren Baker uh, with Search Engine Journal. He's he's a really, really strong SEO guy. So th those would be some that come to mind off the top of my head. But if, if you'd like, I'd be happy to, uh, you know, to connect you to any of those guys. Absolutely. I'll follow up with you on on those for sure. Um, Newsletters, I think, are very big. Um, and there's a couple. Matt McGarry is really, really a good newsletter guy. I know Perry is focused on newsletters now, so he could be good to talk to as well. Um, those are like the major categories that come to mind. Oh, uh, social, Dan Fleshman, for sure, for social, would be a great guy for you to connect with. And he's doing lots and lots of cool stuff and does a lot of stuff with celebrities. Um, Rudy Maurer does stuff with like Floyd Mayweather and um, and the Kardashians and a bunch of people. He'd probably be good for for paid social also. So those those would all be good people, uh, and they're all friends of mine. Happy to connect you. Oh man, really appreciate that. Well, sure. In me asking how I can help you, you've helped me more. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll ask one more time: Is there anything I can do to help you? Um, the only thing that I'm having a hard time with is so. We program TNC still. Uh, we sold it to Blackstone Company, but um, but we still do the programming for it. And I'm having a hard time keeping my uh, my gender diversity in place. Finding good female marketers that are doing smart things. Um, uh, for you, by the way, she comes to mind now too. Krista Mayshore is really good with challenges. Um, she she's done a really good job with them, but um, I, I need female marketers that are tactical subject matter experts that the traffic and conversion crowd of intermediate to advanced marketers would like to hear. I still have two openings because we lost two of them recently to uh, uh, unforeseen circumstances. So if you know anybody that you think would be really brilliant for that, that you've heard, uh, I would definitely appreciate a connection to that person. Um, the person that comes to mind is someone that I've, uh, hired to coach my team, uh, a couple of times a month. Her name is Crystal Lindsay. And, okay. um, I'm, I'm, uh, I, 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 I don't know in your ranking system where she lies in that intermediate to advanced range, but okay. it wouldn't hurt to have a, a phone call or a chat with her if you wouldn't mind me connecting you to yeah not at all that'd, that'd be cool and if you've got like a uh, social media if you know like you could send me a link to her profile or something that'd be that'd be helpful because i kind of see what she's talking about okay yeah cool. absolutely i appreciate um, it so there yeah there's one i'll, I'll kind of put my thinking cap on on that but um uh yeah i mean crystal just popped into my mind right away awesome that's great all right, cool. Well, oh, maybe. you know, one one other person too, just like 
uh, one of the OGs of of uh, of marketing generally. He's not he's not really online, but he knows everybody. Is uh, is Joe Polish? Joe Polish would be a good guy to talk to. He has that book, uh, "What's in It for Me," that I think is is really a good book, and he's just a super nice guy. He'd he'd be good to chat with as well. That that would be huge. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much. My um, pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, and sorry for the confusion in, in the time. It just, if it doesn't hit the calendar, it's like it doesn't exist. <laughs> totally understand. All right. Well, thank you again so much and uh, have a beautiful day and uh, we'll be in touch. All right. Thanks. Hey, Roland Frazier here. If you're looking for a way to grow your business exponentially, to get more customers and ultimately increase your wealth, there's no faster way to do it than to acquire other businesses that already have the customers, products, services, teams, and media that you want. If you want to double your sales, just acquire a company that has the same sales as yours. It sounds simple, but far too many people end up starting new businesses that fail and forget that they could skip all the hard stuff and just acquire one that already exists. There's a reason why Private equity firms, family offices, big companies like Apple, Google, and some of the smartest entrepreneurs on the planet do not start new businesses from scratch. They acquire already successful businesses. And when they do it, they instantly increase their sales, their profits. If they want market share, they increase that. They can get new products and services to offer all instantly. Hey, look, 90% of new businesses fail. 90%. Why not acquire an already successful business and increase your chances of success by 900%. What most people don't realize is you can acquire highly profitable businesses with no money out of your own pocket in pretty much any country in the world, regardless of your credit and without having to go find a bunch of investors or needing any experience. Look, I've been acquiring businesses for over 30 years now and I cover the whole process in my epic investing strategy training and I wanna give it to you 100% free. Just visit businesslaunchpodcast.com forward slash epic to get your free access to my epic investing training right now while it's available. Hey, Roland Frazier here. If you're looking for a way to grow your business exponentially, to get more customers and ultimately increase your wealth, there's no faster way to do it than to acquire other businesses that already have the customers, products, services, teams, and media that you want. If you want to double your sales, just acquire a company that has the same sales as yours. It sounds simple, but far too many people end up starting new businesses that fail and forget that they could skip all the hard stuff and just acquire one that already exists. There's a reason why private equity firms, family offices, big companies like Apple, Google, and some of the smartest entrepreneurs on the planet do not start new businesses from scratch. They acquire already successful businesses. And when they do it, they instantly increase their sales, their profits. If they want market share, they increase that. They can get new products and services to offer all instantly. Hey, look, 90% of new businesses fail, 90%. Why not acquire an already successful business and increase your chances of success by 900%? What most people don't realize is you can acquire highly profitable businesses with no money out of your own pocket in pretty much any country in the world, regardless of your credit and without having to go find a bunch of investors or needing any experience. Look, I've been acquiring businesses for over 30 years now, and I cover the whole process in my epic investing strategy training, and I want to give it to you 100% free. 
Just visit businesslaunchpodcast.com forward slash epic to get your free access to my epic investing training right now while it's available. 